0: The media lied to our faces about Dante Wright's past. Project Veritas exposes CNN again. And Democrats are now moving to pack the court. I'm William Hall, and this is The William Hall Show. All right. Welcome back to the show. There's a lot to go over today, but I want to start by going over a little bit of, or I guess, really the rest of the details surrounding the entire Dante Wright situation. Everything that's been going on with that story has been alive from the mainstream media. They're really trying to paint this guy out to be the saint, uh, the, the real victim and all of this stuff. But let's start, first of all, with the police officer that was actually the one that shot him and wound up where uh, Dante got killed by that uh, shot there. And the name of that officer was Kim Potter. So she is the police officer, like I said, who shot Dante Wright. And she's 48 years old, uh, ex Minnesota police officer now, obviously because she's resigned, who was identified as the person who fatally shot the 20 year old after he tried to resist arrest. And she resigned from her job on Tuesday. Now, like I said, she's a 26 year veteran of the Brooklyn center police department. So she's no rookie in all of this. And that does kind of bring up some points here. Why would she make such a fatal mistake like this when she's been at the police department for 26 years? It's definitely something to bring up, at least. I think it's something we should all be kind of wondering about. I mean, apparently she was actually training one or both of those officers at that time as well. So that's not a very good look either. Um, But Potter wrote... I have loved every minute of being a police officer and serving this community to the best of my ability, but I believe it is in the best interest of the community, the department and my fellow officers if I resign immediately. So once again, this is the resignation coming after everything that's happened with the, uh, with the shooting there in this, in this incident, she meant to fire her taser. I I've covered the story in several videos as well with that, but uh, unfortunate situation overall. However, what it isn't is racist. This event is not racist whatsoever. Now, the media has been telling you that it is. The media has no proof that it is. They literally have none. They want things to be so racist all the time, but in reality, they have no facts to back that up. I mean, guys, like, isn't it a good thing that, like, you don't have the evidence for racism? Like, why are they so busy trying to make things be racist? But that's the way they look at this. Everything has to be that way. And the fact is that BLM doesn't care either. They don't care whether what the motivations really are. They're just going to assume what the motivations are. The fact is, is that if you stop doing crimes and you stop resisting arrest, these situations like this are 100% avoidable. That's coming along with the fact that Democrats don't want to look at that. They don't care about whether, you know, the, the crime rates and, and you stopping doing these bad activities contributes to a literal 0% chance of you getting shot by a police officer at least, pretty much. I mean, the issue is that these people keep putting themselves in these positions that are basically offering up their life to these officers, putting their lives in the hands of someone else because they are making dumb decisions back to back to back. So she has now also been formally charged with second degree manslaughter for the shooting and uh, the death of Dante Wright over the weekend. Meanwhile, the Biden Department of Justice just announced that they are closing the investigation of the police shooting involving the death of Ashley Babbitt. This is what the the person, the the woman that was killed on January 6th. What happened to that? I mean, wow guys. I mean, they're not even trying to hide it right after the Dante Wright thing, right after we got the name of the officer that uh, killed Dante Wright. Nothing on this one. We have no officers Name nothing. So the department of justice actually said that it had determined that no charges would be filed after examining video footage of the incident, taking statements from other officers and witnesses, inspecting the physical evidence and reviewing the autopsy report. The department of justice said that prosecutors would have, uh, would not have sufficient evidence to prove that the officer who shot Babbitt used constitutionally unreasonable force with a bad purpose to disregard the law. It doesn't really matter. I mean, even if you determine that, I mean, there was literally no charge brought towards him whatsoever. Now, we know for a fact, if that was a black person that got shot or something like that, that it wouldn't have been this situation like, oh, we won't put any charges there. Why bother? They wouldn't have said this at all. I mean, we are seeing right now a justice system, um, a, a Department of Justice, Biden's administration, a portion of that, that are literally basically being racist towards white people now. Where if an officer gets shot or if an officer shoots an innocent person that is white, that was not resisting arrest, that was not a danger to that police officer, that all of a sudden that incident goes unheard of. We don't hear from the name of that officer. They cover up for that person as well. We will never know who that guy is, most likely. Why is that? But in a different situation when you have a criminal, a guy with a really bad past of dealing with law enforcement, of and I'll get into some of the the past of Dante Wright as well here, but he was no saint here at all. And yet that person, which was resisting arrest actively, they get shot by a police officer and their name, that, that lady's name was out there within 48 hours. She's already got charges against her, everything done. She's already resigned, shunned. Her life is pretty much ruined at this point. You, you, I hope you see the dichotomy because this is happening in real time. Democrats keep, if they keep up with this raid, I put this out on parlor. If they keep up with this stuff, they're, they're going to literally create a system where white people can legitimately say, this, this is systematically racist against us. I don't think that's what they want, but if they do this, there's going to be absolute provable evidence that that's what's happening. And we're starting to already see that take place. And now you had the Democrat Minnesota mayor actually put up this clip basically talking about the fact that police officers apparently don't need weapons when they're making a traffic stop for some reason. The full text of of, of, of your request uh, and uh, make sure that you know we sit down and and, and go through it and, and see how we can implement. Uh, I I don't believe that
1: officers need to necessarily uh, have weapons, uh, you know, uh, every time they are they're, they're making a, a traffic stop uh, or or engaged in uh, situations that don't necessarily call for uh, for weapons. We know that there are other, many other jurisdictions, or even around the world, where uh, that is not, you know, necessarily the case. It's not needed, and
0: so I, you know, I am very much interested in, in receiving. First of all, what this clearly shows and tells me is that this guy has no idea about how the police operate whatsoever. Clearly, I mean, he doesn't know what's going on. This guy is making just ignorant statements that to him makes sense. But the problem is that these guys, they've never been police officers. They never have done a ride along. They probably have never actually spoken to real police officers that are really doing this work to understand why police officers do exactly what they do from the people that are standing on the outside that, you know, they can easily be a backseat driver and tell you exactly what you should be doing. But in reality, you need to actually kind of have an idea of what you're talking about before you start running your mouth about it. And in this case, this situation, he's talking about the traffic stops and saying that, you know, cops don't even really necessarily need to have weapons during a traffic stop. Here's the thing though. Traffic stops are extremely dangerous for cops because you never know who in the world you're pulling over. And that's the worst part about all of these situations. So to kind of relate this a little bit to the trial, I've been covering a lot of the Derek Chauvin trial. I've been listening eight hours a day pretty much to the entire uh, boring stuff that it's going through with all the details and everything through that. But the use of force expert that they brought on, I think the guy's name was Barry Broad. He was speaking to uh, the, uh, or Derek Chauvin's attorney, Nelson. And he basically was bringing up this analogy, this idea of talking about this, uh, situations that police officers are putting themselves in every day when they know or don't know the risk of the person. So what he was talking about was the fact that if an officer for some reason is going in to apprehend somebody for a bank robbery, they go in, Lights and sirens, they know somebody just robbed a bank, they see the suspect there, they know he just robbed a bank and all of that. So in other words, they know to be on high alert. They come into that situation from the very get-go on high alert, they stay on high alert. But in a flip side, if you were just pulling a guy over for a traffic stop, you don't know whether to be prepared for a high-risk situation or not. Because that's the difference here, is that It's unknown. And that's why police officers need a weapon regardless of what they're doing. They could could be doing something as obscure as just giving out a parking ticket. They could be doing something just like sitting in their car. Just sitting in their car. I've seen people just officers get attacked, shot at just by just being somewhere. You never know what's going to wind up happening when you're on the job. We've had there's been video evidence we've seen of cops that were just sitting doing absolutely nothing and a bunch of thugs come up and just start shooting right into the window. It happens. And they always have to be on alert. There's no situation where a cop shouldn't have a gun. So, this guy saying that just clearly tells me he has no idea what he's talking about at all. So, in addition to this, kind of the last part about this is about Dante Wright. Dante Wright, the media, another lie that they told everybody was that he was this upstanding citizen. I mean, they found photos of this guy with his. Apparently, his son, uh, which is pretty much a baby, and they were posting these pictures from his Instagram or something of all of that and showing, oh, he's such a good father and feel bad for him. Feel bad for what's going on. That's what they're trying to tell you in this situation. Now, of course, the situation is unfortunate. Absolutely. But the fact is, is that we really need to be looking at the kind of person he really was, not the one that the media wants to paint him out to be. You know, this kind of stuff is exactly why I hate funerals. I hate funerals oftentimes because all they do is talk about the best things about this person. Even in the case, if it's the worst person on planet earth, then nobody's going to actually go to a funeral that's up there talking about something and actually say who that really person or who that person really was, how they really behaved. It's always going to be the best, paint them in the best light. That's what the media is doing here. Make no mistake. It's still a lie and it's still completely misleading. So there was this report Um, this is an incident that took place that involved Dante Wright in 2019. The report says, and this is involving, uh, Dante Wright and his friend, uh, which his last name is driver. So around 2 30 AM, two women at the home told Wright and driver they needed to leave, but the two men said they did not have a ride. The documents say the woman reportedly allowed Wright and driver, his friend to spend the night. In the morning, one of the two women left the apartment to get $820 in cash to pay the other for rent. After paying the rent, she left for work. As Wright and Driver, his friend, were waiting for their rides, the other other woman who stayed behind said Wright allegedly blocked the door, preventing her from leaving. Wright then allegedly pulled a black handgun with silver trim out from either his right waistband or his right coat pocket, pointed it at the woman, demanded the $820, and the victim asked him, are you serious? To which he allegedly responded, give me the money. I know you have it. When she said again, if he was serious, he allegedly told her, I'm not playing around. Wright then allegedly choked the woman while trying to pull the cash out from under her bra where she had tucked it away. The court documents say she was able to pry herself loose and started to kneel down and scream. She told authorities that she allegedly told driver, tell her to give her the money or give the money to Wright who was yelling at her to stop screaming. She reportedly screamed at them to get out of her apartment, telling them that the cops were close. Wright allegedly told her he would shoot her and said, give me the money and we will leave. Give me the money and we will go. He allegedly tried to choke her for a second time and tried to take her money, according to the court documents. Driver allegedly told her to give Wright the money. The two men then left the apartment, got into a white Cadillac, and left the scene without the money. The woman later identified Wright and Driver via photo lineups. Why is this important? Because there's a correlation here. You look at people like George Floyd, you look at Jacob Blake, you look at Dante Wright, all of these people that the BLM and and the mainstream media want to portray as being the saints, these people that have been sacrificed in the name of systemic racism that could do no wrong, all assaulted women with handguns or beat women. Why is that happening? Why is it that we still cannot find one innocent black person at all that was killed by a police officer? I'm still waiting for that. I mean, come on guys, put your best foot forward, put the best up here because the best you've got to offer are a bunch of people that have done nothing but assault women and have the worst criminal history and criminal past I've ever seen. How is that allowed? And how is that okay? Okay. I mean, if you really want to make an argument here, if you want to start talking about something. Show me the person that has their hands clean and hasn't assaulted a woman. And then we can start actually talking about something about systemic racism. But right now, that's not going to happen. And I don't think it's ever going to happen because these are the people that they're talking about. These are the only people that are going to wind up having these things happen to them because they live their lives in a horrible fashion in the criminal system, out of the criminal system and rinse and repeat. They don't know any better. Oh, but he was a good father. Yeah, no, I'm not falling for that. Come on. It's absolutely ridiculous. And keep in mind that riots right now, cities are burning, places are burning because of this guy. You think, how many of them do you honestly think know about the fact that he assaulted a woman at gunpoint? How many of you, how many of them are actually paying attention to that? If they're not, that tells me that they don't care about the details, which tells me that they're doing nothing but just following in line. They don't care about all of the rest of the stuff that's going on. They just want to hear what, or just kind of, when BLM says jump, they jump. That's that's They're asking how high. That's all they want to do. They don't care about the actual details of what's going on. We have to keep in mind that uh, there were some other reports that Black Lives Matter terrorists were able to break into Columbus, Ohio police station on Tuesday night. Protesters reportedly pepper sprayed at least one police officer in police headquarters. Black Lives Matter extremists have taken over a Dallas restaurant bragging about their fondness of arson. The group bars into a restaurant while people were eating dinner, chanting... We need to burn this down, burn it down. The group went on to demand that silence is violence and intimidate people who weren't playing along with a public temper tantrum and were kicking drinks off of tables. Real nice, guys. Real smooth. That That's the impression we want to leave. All over people that are not really worth that, <laughs> you know, these aren't upstanding citizens. They're thugs. They're people that have had a long criminal history. They have always been doing terrible things. It's nothing new. Why was the guy running? Why was he resisting arrest? We have to ask these questions. Anytime that you're resisting arrest, you're putting yourself, your life in the hands of somebody else. You know, even if it was a taser, dude, you could have gotten tased and fall down and hit your head and died from that. Either way, if you just comply, you'll never have to deal with these problems. Trust me. It's easy. Project Veritas has done it again this time outing a CNN director. So they basically were saying that they were working to oust Trump, that they created propaganda. They use fear to pass climate change. So project Veritas this is James O'Keefe. He does all of the stuff there. Investigative journalist, obviously does a great job. I've covered his stuff before. Um, awesome stuff here. So this is the CNN technical director, Charlie Chester admitting that the network did everything they could to basically get trump out of office so check this out
1: i think i, I think we got him through this term we would always show shots of him jogging him in aviator shades and like a, like you paint him as a young geriatric we were creating a story there that we didn't know anything about you know we were, so that's that's i think that's a propaganda. Think what we did, we got Trump out. I am 100% gonna say it. And I 100% believe it, that if it wasn't for CNN, I don't know that Trump would've got voted out. Our focus was to get Trump out of office, right? Without saying it, that's what it was, right? So our next thing is gonna be for climate change. Awareness. Do you think it's gonna be just like a lot of like fear? Like climate?
0: Yeah, fear sells. No one ever says those things out loud, but it's obvious. I mean, wow, seriously. If you're interested, there's another, uh, kind of video that they put out as well. Go check out the second part or part two of that, uh, clip there as well. Um, there's more on his channel at project Veritas on YouTube, but yeah, I mean, this is crazy. This is, this is insane here. I mean, let's take a second to actually look at what this guy was saying here though. So one of the things he was talking about is the fact that they, somebody noticed that Trump's hands were shaking a little bit and they literally brought in all of these doctors just to come up with some stupid evaluation. Basically. They just WebMD'd it, right? They got a bunch of WebMD kind of things and said, oh, what, what's this, what's, what could possibly your handshaking actually be? And of course, it just lifts off 50 things that have nothing to do with what's actually going on at all. So it could have been cold for all you know, but the problem is that they basically gave a, enough doctors that could qualify for the WebMD kind of diagnosis, and it's all these things wrong with Trump. It could be, It could be this, it could be that. That's what they were running as news. And even the guy is saying it's, this is preposterous, obviously. I mean, Trump has none of these issues at all. It's just the fact that we wanted to run anything we could to smear him at for everything. And this is where you have to look at the contrast between the way that the mainstream media covers Trump and the way they have covered Biden so far. Biden's fallen upstairs three times all in the course of five seconds I mean, could you imagine if Trump did that? I mean, they were making fun of Trump because he walked down a ramp kind of slowly and took his time. My goodness, people would lose their minds if they saw Trump fall that bad. And yet you don't hear anything about it from the mainstream media. They're not talking about Biden's dementia. They're not talking about the fact that he can't speak coherently. They're not talking about any of that. Now, the other thing that they were bringing up was the climate change. And he said, be prepared. It's coming. Climate change is going to be the next COVID thing for CNN. And he, and he kind of quotes this thing and he says, quote, yeah, fear sells. And I want to kind of hit on that point a little bit, because this is so important to how Democrats have done everything. I mean, we were called conspiracy theories because we said that they used COVID-19 to, uh, as a fear, a scare tactic, but we were entirely correct. I mean, And this guy is basically confirming that right there in front of our eyes. And then they go on and he's talking about the fact that COVID is driven by fear. Everything about the coverage has been driven entirely by fear. Everything they do is driven by fear, if you think about it. Democrats use everything that they can, uh, every issue that it is, and try to say, well, you should be afraid of this other possibility, so go along with our policies. They tell people to fear the police. They tell people to fear climate change, to fear COVID, to fear Christians and Christianity overall. They tell people to fear Republicans and the list goes on. But that's the way that Democrats have always tried to frame things because they want you to vote the way that they want you to vote. And if they can get you to vote the way they want you to vote, then all they need to do is just figure out what that fear thing is. They All they have to do is just make black people think that they're going to get gunned down by a police officer for nothing. Meanwhile, every single one of the people that they're actually looking at, if you're looking at the facts, the facts that people don't want to pay attention to, oh, wait, those guys aren't innocent at all, are they? Because you know, resisting arrest is kind of a crime, so that's a thing. But the point is, is that they use fear no matter what it is. And we have to have a good lens of that. Because if we know that they use fear to control people, to try and tell people what they should do, then we know that what we need to do is not be fearful of those things. We don't need to be afraid of COVID. We don't need to be afraid of the police. You know, it's funny because in Christianity, the only thing that they that the Bible taught us about fearing is the Lord. Of course, fear being this respect of God, but understanding the idea that God is the all-powerful one, not the police, not COVID, not climate change. So not what this is about. And that's where... That's why they don't like Christians. That's why we shouldn't be going along with these types of things because it is not relevant to the grand scheme of what's actually most important in this world. It isn't. And Democrats make you think that climate, the climate should be worshipped. They turn that into the almighty God that the earth is this God and we must save it from itself and from our mistakes and past misdeeds. That's how Democrats have always tried to frame things. It never works. It doesn't. It's not a good idea. None of these policies work at all. All they do is take jobs away. They ruin economies. It's never been a good idea. Plus, we're not the country that's got the worst issues for this. But the point that I'm trying to make is ultimately the fact that CNN and Democrats, the mainstream media, they know how to use fear to to scare you and everything. Tell me right now, what's the total case number of COVID-19 cases in the United States? What about the death rate? Where is it at? Oh wait, you don't know? Because CNN isn't talking about it every day. They're not putting a counter on their program anymore, are they? It's just something that they don't want to talk about. That's the way that all of this stuff has ever been. If you're not paying attention, it's time to wake up. Plain and simple. And just a quick reminder that I do have a Patreon where you can donate directly to the show. And please leave a review on Apple Podcasts or anywhere else that you're listening to your podcast as it does help the show out. Johnson & Johnson. If you are aware of the different vaccines that are going on, Johnson and Johnson is one of the companies, one of the many that is making different vaccines here. And they had to actually pause the production or at least the distribution of the vaccine after the FDA has had some type of report now about a rare blood clot issue. So kind of a weird situation here. So the Biden administration called for a pause in administering the Johnson & Johnson COVID-19 vaccine on Tuesday morning. The FDA and CDC are citing six reports of blood clots in women aged 18 and 48, including one fatality out of about 7 million administered vaccines called on states to pause the J&J vaccine while the problem is studied. Okay, that's a weird one because last time I checked, you know, having six people affected out of 7 million is pretty small. Like, why are we actually pausing an entire vaccine for that? Now, either they know something that they're not actually telling everybody else or this is a much more serious problem. I don't know. I don't know what's really going on here. It's just kind of a weird situation because, I mean we don't know how else this vaccine is going to affect people, but I mean, it's kind of weird that it's only for six people that are like kind of freaking out already about that. So I don't know. And the other thing too, that I was kind of questioning when I actually saw this was, Hey, Democrats actually care about statistics now. Like, uh, that's kind of weird. Ah, that's pretty interesting. I guess we're going to pay attention to those now. It's kind almost like it's kind of weird to have shut down the entire country because of a virus that also had a pretty low actual chance of killing anybody. Oh wait. And it's also kind of weird that, Kids, which, by the way, have a point zero one death rate for COVID-19, are not able to go to school in a lot of these Democrat-run states either. So, huh. Kind of weird, those statistics, right? I mean, I, I get you're using them for your advantage right now, but ultimately, it seems kind of odd that they're kind of shutting down this entire vaccine for that while ignoring the other statistics that show people that are, you know, would be actually probably better off not getting the vaccine at all, depending on what age group that you're in. And whatever other medical conditions, if you have any, that should be taken into consideration. So just, once again, just something that's kind of odd that i kind of noticed with this. It, it, just, it just is really weird to me. But on another story here, there's a teacher that berates a student because they apparently have white privilege. And then threatens the parents for questioning her, saying, come at me.
1: ...themselves out. The haters did. Yo. They are forced to bring awareness to the situation that they are in, because other people put them in that situation. My question is, in (coughs) this case, where is the uh, white student union? Because because we we need all racial You don't need a white student union, Jake! You get
0: everything!
1: If your parent wants to talk to me about their profession and their opinion on their profession, I would love to hear that. I know very little about anything else in the world other than education. Okay. However, if your parent wants to come talk to me about how I'm not doing a good enough job in distance learning based on what you need as an individual, just dare them to come at me because I am so sick to my stomach of parents trying to tell educators how to do their job. I have never once gone to a doctor's appointment and tried to tell my medical health provider how to treat me. You know why? Because I know nothing about that. I didn't get my degree in medicine. I am going off. I'm sorry. This is my go-off
0: period. Okay, so just a little bit more context to what's actually happening here. They're having this conversation with this student because I guess the teachers were trying to implement this This uh, black student council or student union or something like that. And basically one of the students is like, hey, why shouldn't there be a white student union then as well? Well, that teacher's like, well, you just don't get to have one because you're just white, of course, because that's that's the only reasoning that you need there, which she obviously just loses her mind, goes crazy. And the fact is that what she's basically saying is, well, you already have all of these privileges, apparently, although they can't be named, or I'll just try to make up something to pretend as if that's the case, and black people need their own thing, they need their own student union, which, by the way, we're not going to pretend it's segregation, because that's uh, out of the line of talk talking points for these people, of course, because they're too ridiculously dumb to understand what they're actually talking about in the first place, but... If you're going to do it for blacks only, the the real point is that the guy was basically pointing out, why shouldn't we be able to have this for whites only as well, if you're going to do it for blacks only. And if you have a problem with having one for whites only, then you should have a problem with having one for blacks only as well. Because if we were truly equal, that's the way that you would see it. But because you don't see it that way, you believe that black people need to be segregated away from the white students in that way, in some way, in your weird utopia we'll end up with equality being achieved, which of course doesn't make any sense at all. Now, the other thing that she was talking about is the fact that parents shouldn't tell her how to do her job. Well, here's the thing that you need to take into consideration is that any good parent is a teacher. They are an educator. Actually, any good parent is spending more time with their children than the teachers will ever spend with that student and will be able to give more Specific attention to their child than you will ever be able to give to any of your students as well. So I think parents have the right to say something if they see something that is wrong, if there's something that needs to be changed, because you are teaching their kids and they are the kind of ones that are going to have to, you know, live with them when they leave your classroom. And that's the problem here is that you have these uppity teachers that are just so above reproach that they just cannot take any type of criticism or feedback on what they're doing at all. And if you tell them that they should have in-person classes and that they should actually do their job, the thing that they want to do, then all of a sudden it's the biggest problem in the world and you as the parent are the worst. You shouldn't say anything at all. You have no place here. Typical Democrat kind of thinking, isn't it? If you're not us, you can't talk about it. When You're not a woman. You can't do this, so you you can't comment on this issue. You, you're not black. So therefore you're not able to have an opinion on this. That's, that's how they act for so many things. And it doesn't prove their point, right? It just makes them look more ridiculous. So moving on a bit, Kamala Harris is in this video talking about black women in the United States and saying that they are more likely to die in connection with childbirth because of racism and implicit bias.
1: This week is black maternal health week and make no mistake Black women in our country are facing a maternal health crisis. Black women are two to three times more likely to die in connection with childbirth than other women. And it is important to note that Native women are 2.3 times more likely to die from pregnancy-related causes than white women. We know the primary reasons why. Systemic racial inequities and implicit bias. And the consequences are both very real. Many of the women in this room have experienced them firsthand. And as the ambassador said, we will hear their stories, which they speak with great courage, given the pain that they have experienced.
0: Now, I don't know where she's getting these statistics from, but I haven't seen anything from this. This is where you have Democrats assuming things are the case. Just because they want it to be the case, but that's not what the numbers show. We don't have anything showing that. What I do have statistics on, what we can prove irrefutably, is that black babies are a thousand times more likely to die because they're murdered by their own mothers in the womb. Let's be honest here. Don't pretend to care about black people giving birth if you're going to ignore the ridiculously high abortion rate amongst black mothers. Black women, for example, have the highest abortion ratio. Black women's abortions ratio has reached 444 abortions per 1,000 live births. More than 20 million black babies have been aborted since 1973, and on average, 900 black babies are aborted every day in the United States. In 2016, more black babies were aborted in New York City than were born. And we're going to talk about implicit bias? Okay, sure, sure. I mean, she can sit there and keep laughing off these problems all she wants, but she can't ignore the actual facts that we do have. That's, I mean, she doesn't even talk about the maybe the health risk that black women tend to have before they even get into a pregnancy in the first place. Like maybe they're more prone to diabetes, which they are, by the way, and other things. Th- these all need to be taken into consideration. I don't see how in the world you can blame racism and implicit bias on something like that. Just once again, more reaching for something that doesn't exist just because you can make it try and fit into your little crazy narrative that doesn't work together whatsoever. So last story for this show, they, the Democrats are actually looking now at packing the court. Now, if you were paying attention to the last year of the lead up in the, uh, with Biden doing his, what you, if you want to call it a campaign and the other Democrats on stage when they were doing the debates and whatnot, All of them were saying, we're not going to pack the court. We're not going to do it at all. And if you remember, Trump accused them of saying that they were going to pack the court. And when Trump was actually trying to confirm Amy Coney Barrett, if you remember, they were making the statement, well, Republicans are already packing the court, trying to change the definition of what packing the court meant to just literally, you know, filling a seat that's already there. Packing the court for the record is actually adding seats to the Supreme Court, okay? Seats that will, I'm assuming, be filled at this point by judges that are Democrats that are going to go with the far-left-wing agenda, which in this situation would lead to a 7-6 to six majority for Democrats, okay? That's what they're looking to do. Now, after the death of Ruth Bader Ginsburg, Biden said during an interview that he was not a fan of court packing because it creates a situation where whoever wins— it just keeps moving in a way that is inconsistent with what is going on or what is going to be manageable. And at the time, he was exactly correct. Because what he's talking about is the fact that Democrats are going to pack it with as many justices as they can. And then the second Republicans wear, we're going to pack it with more Republicans. And then before you know it, we're going to have 100 people on the Supreme Court. Obviously, that's a big exaggeration. But the point still is the same is that it's just going to continue to get climbed up over time as the years go on. And the fact is that Republicans totally had the chance to pack the Supreme Court years ago when we held the presidency, the Senate, the House. We didn't do that. Now Democrats get their chance, and just like we predicted, there it goes. They're going to go along with all of these things. It doesn't matter what we do at this point. I mean, I hope that it does not go through. I mean, even Bernie Sanders, somebody as radical as he is, did not support and doesn't support packing the Supreme Court. I don't know what he'd say today. Maybe he's flipped because he doesn't want to, you know, get in the crosshairs of any of the squad or anything like that. But still, he was even against it. And this is just is telling me that Biden and his administration are entirely controlled by the activists, by the radical left-wing mob. They'll do anything that they say because Biden's scared. Biden doesn't control what's going on. Even if Biden meant this personally, he can't actually disagree with it publicly because that will go against the left wing, the far left wing mob, that and the activists that are telling him what they need him to do. We got you elected to do these things. This is what we expect you to do. And just like CNN was predicting the climate change, and just like we're seeing here with packing the Supreme Court, there's going to be a lot of things that are going to be coming down the pipeline very soon because. Biden doesn't care. He's just an empty suit. Like we said, he's an empty suit. He's a vessel so that the far left wing people can basically do what they want to do. And Biden just sign, sign, signs. Even if he isn't reading what he's signing at all, it doesn't matter. He's not the one that's in control right now. He's not. And stuff like this is a perfect example of that. And we're going to see more of it continue to take place as time goes on. But with that being said, I thank you for watching the show or listening to the show. And I will see you on the next one. You just watched an episode from The William Hall Show. Please remember to like, share, and subscribe.